Thank you for choosing our podcast. This is truly an exciting time for City Lights Church, and we are seeing God move in extraordinary ways. For more information on how you can get plugged into what God is doing at City Lights or to financially partner with us, just visit us on the web at citylightsac.org. Let me, let me start off by asking this question. What are you waiting for? Let me ask this again. What are you waiting for? See, I believe this morning that some of us are waiting on a moment or on a movement. And in our waiting, we're missing out. See, I believe the church for a while now has been waiting on a moment, waiting on a movement, and we've missed so much. See, I went, this has kind of been burning in me the last little bit because I believe there's been a period in my life where I've been waiting for God to move and I've missed out on opportunities that I cannot get, get back. Like I've waited, waited for God to move in something. I waited for a moment and I've missed the whole essence of what the gospel has ever really been about. See, we've been invited to a table and it's a huge table, a big table, a table of things that are much larger than we are. But we've been invited to this table it's something more than just a Sunday morning church service. It's more than city lights. It's more than shift church. It's more than any of this stuff. We've been invited to the table so that we can shine the light of the gospel to the world. It's the whole reason city church was getting started. So that we could be the city lights of Clinton and Anderson County. It's the whole point of shift church that we're starting in South Carolina. Not South Carolina. Listen to me. <laughs> South Knoxville. All right? So that, so that we, there can be a shift happen. And, there, and the, the gospel will be shined all over the 75 square mile area down there. See, I've titled this message this morning. Well, the title of this message this morning is To Occupy All Streets. Because there should, there should be no street, no office building, no factory, no restaurant, no school, nowhere in Anderson County or in South Knoxville or anywhere in between that is without the light of the gospel in it. So if you've got a second, turn with me to Matthew 5. Matthew 5 is probably one of my favorite passages ever. But in verse 14 it says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Like, I love this scripture because all it's telling us to do is to shine. That's our job, to shine. Like, Jesus has done all the work. He saved our lives. And we have a pretty clear call, and that is to shine. So that 
I love Jesus. I love I love the Gospels and all that He's done for me. And, and but Jesus spent His whole ministry proclaiming that no matter where you find yourself, no matter what your past is, no matter what part of your life is broken, He has come in to save your life. And all He asks in return is for you to shine, <coughs> to occupy all streets and shine the light of the gospel to those we live, work and play with see if we could shine this light in the glory the glory that of god well, like it would be so great that we'll be able to see something in our lifetime something in our lifetime something so big that only he could get the credit for it i believe god is doing something huge here with city lights something big and we and i just don't i think we're just some of us are just waiting for a moment and the moment's already here so see I don't I don't want to get to a place because I, I was there once get to a place where I'm I'm doing a lot of things and I feel that's a danger for a lot for some of us is we, we come to church we're maybe part of city groups maybe we, we're, we're volunteering but we're missing out on what the essence of the gospel really is and that is to shine the light of the gospel See, especially this passage is Jesus making sure that we don't miss out on the point. All the knowledge in the world is great. See, I mean, listen, in December, I'll have a theology degree and a master's in theology. Okay, and listen, all that, it does not matter. No matter the amount of knowledge you have or what you do, doesn't matter if we forget to shine the light. I don't want to miss the point. Brittany says I miss the point a lot in our conversations. Okay, if you ever ever see her give me the eye, you know, like the, it's because I missed the point. I don't want to live my life missing the point to share the gospel to those who I live, work, and play with. See, I, can I just be honest with you? I mean, not that I would lie to you, well, at least not on purpose. Like, I worked for Knox County Schools, and I remember last year. Um, this woman came in. I mean, she's she was already hurting. I mean, she's already had a lot of pain, a lot of issues going on in her life. She was thinking about going ahead and retiring, and but all of a sudden she 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 got vertigo on top of everything she had. I remember her breaking down in the office. I remember her breaking down in the office, weeping, needing somebody just to be there for her. And I missed the point. And I left because I had to go get some kids. I missed the opportunity to shine a light of the gospel in this lady's life who was hurt and broken. And looking back, I don't want to do that anymore. All of us have opportunities to do this, to shine our light. And we're missing out because we get so focused on other things. I don't want to miss the point. So we can come to church, come to city groups, come volunteer, do all that kind of kumbaya stuff. And we actually miss the whole point of the gospel, which is to shine the love of God everywhere we go. And I believe we've missed the point. You see, it's, it's about taking the gospel to the broken and to the hurting and the needy. It's not about getting stuff because we already got the stuff. We have Jesus. It's not about taking new ground. He's already taken all the ground. It's about Jesus. And we've missed the point.
Now, I pray that after all that we've seen here done at City Lights, listen, this what's happening right here in this moment is small compared to what's happened at City Lights. I hope it's that, that you leave here reminded and motivated to occupy your street with the love of the gospel. Because there's people outside these four walls walking around dying without the answer, and we have the answer. Y'all follow me? We have the answer. See, and sometimes I know it takes like one of those aha moments, one of those hitting the heads with a slam hammer, sledgehammer, sledgehammer, to get us to wake up. And maybe, maybe with what I'm about to say, maybe it will wake you up. See, I do this kind of down in South Knoxville with with some of my peeps. You know, down in South Knoxville, we have in a 75 square mile radius, there's 40,000 people, and if statistics are right, and 70 and 70 percent of people are without Christ, that means there's 28,000 people in a 75 square mile radius without Christ. You ever want to hear what Anderson County is? Listen to this. In this area that's around us, in the 345 square miles that, that are around us, there's 76,000 people around us right now. And if statistics are right, that's 70%. That's 53,200 people today who are driving down the street right here passing us that, it, that are dying and living without the hope of Christ. And we've been brought to the table to change that. Because each one of those numbers has a, has a name, and each one of those names have, has a story that God's waiting to impact through your life. More than city lights, I'm talking about your life. Your life. That's 53,200 people we live, work, and play with. Family, friends, co-workers are dying without the gospel of Christ. And what are we doing? We come here, we sing some songs. But are we occupying all streets? But see, the fear, the fear for some of us sometimes is that it's like the, the world's already kind of labeled us, right? The world's kind of labeled us, and like, even in, individually, has put some labels on us, and we just can't seem to get past those labels. We're letting what the world says about us, what others say about us, to change our motives, to change our, our ability to move out and share the, shine this gospel. So I want to share this with you for a minute. You are not defined by what you do, but you are defined by who Jesus is to you. So let me say this again. You are not defined by what you do or who people say you are or what label others have given you, but you are defined by who Jesus is to you. And if what I'm saying is true, there should be some sort of excitement welling up because you might not have the right label yet. You may not have all your ducks in a row yet, but Jesus died and rose again, giving you the ability and the qualifications to, sh- to shine. You see, yesterday we took my, my kids to, and two other kids, listen, don't ever take four kids under the age of 10 to Dollywood. Whew. Crazy. But Zane is, like, terrified of riding rides, right? Well, since his buddy Gavin was there, we talked him into riding one on the big big boy co- things, right? So he decided the barnstormer is what I'm riding, right? He got some courage because his buddy was there. Well, you can ask Brittany the whole time he's sitting there. He's going way up in the air. He's like, you know, it's like he has one of those moments where your stomach's in your chest, you know? 
See, when I hear stuff like this, that gets me all kind of like, kind of like that. Like I'm, I'm ready to go. Like even, like listen, I don't care if I have to charge hell with a water pistol, I'm going. Okay? That's, that's kind of where I'm at. Because if I'm saying this is true, there should be some sort of excitement welling up because it's not about what the world labels us. It's not about getting some external validation because you already have internal confirmation that God has called us and commissioned us to shine, to occupy all streets right now. And there's this story that I want to read you. And if you grew up in church, you went to Sunday school, you've probably seen this on the flannel board. All right, so it's nothing new. All right. Listen, I like me some flannel boards. All right. So I want to read you this story. And it's found in Luke 19. It's the story of Jesus and Zacchaeus. All right. And earlier they got on to me because I skipped some verses. So I'm going to try not to do that now. All right. So it's starting in verse 1. It says this. He entered Jericho and was passing through. Wait, let me stop right there for a minute. He was passing through. So like he, there was nothing there for him. Like he knew... Like he was just, this was just a route he was taking. So there wasn't no big plan of, hey, I'm going to stop here and preach. I'm going to stop here and have lunch. He was just passing through. Let's go on. So it says, this is, that's the as you go principle. As you go and whatever you do. Verse 2. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. And he was a chief tax collector. And he was rich. Now he wasn't rich because he was honorable and had a good job. He was rich because he worked for the government that was oppressing his people. And on top of that, if, they got, if their taxes was $3, he would charge them $5 and put $2 in his pocket. Wouldn't you want to punch that dude in the throat? Right? I'm all about punching people in the throat too. Sorry. And it goes on to say this. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. All the short people stand up. Woo! All right. Short fat for me. So he ran on ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. For he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when, the, when they, meaning the crowd, saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Now, this, can I just take a moment here and just say, may we be a people, may we be a church that people grumble about because we're doing whatever it takes to reach people. Maybe people will be posting on Facebook, Twitter, MySpace, if that's a little thing, right? Instagram, Snapchat, and whatever. May we be the people that are going to where people are hanging out in trees and we're reaching people. See, I love what Peyton said a couple months ago that said, we're going to do everything short of sin to reach those around us. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm being serious on that. I remember back to the church I was on staff at before, we got a lot of complaints because we had this pizza guy who would come and deliver pizzas on youth nights. We'd always tip him real well. So if you're, hey, if you go out to eat later, tip your waiter and waitresses. Good. Okay. I don't care how bad they are. Tip them good. All right. Show them some love. We, this guy came to deliver pizza. And he, was, he wasn't a follower of Jesus. But what he said, but he was telling us about this concert he was having. Okay, and so we were like, we should go to it. Well, guess where this place was? Anybody familiar with UT campus? You know, Long Branch, like the dirtiest, nastiest, like, oh yeah. So we're like, hey, let's just go. Let's just go. 
So we walk up and I get our hands stamped. We go walking up the steps and it's upstairs in the upstairs of the building. And it's like this old, like almost like a house. And so like the like when the people would jump, the floor would literally like you'd be bending at the knees, not even want to. But just to kinda of tell you the story, like as soon as I got to the top of the steps, there's this lady who was like she wasn't uh, I'm not gonna say she was under the influence, but she may have been. Okay? She's her she could tell they're having an argument here and she has a, a, a big old cup of a liquid beverage and she goes to throw it on the person. Well it misses that person. Douses me. Okay. Smell like alcohol the rest of the night. I mean, at least share it. Come on now. You know, but I remember standing over in the corner and here's two preachers, polo shirt, nice. I was wearing skinny jeans because I'm hot like that. And he was just wearing some regular jeans, you know, and everybody else was wearing leather studded jackets, jumping around mohawks, 10 feet tall. All right. I remember that guy finally, he said he was supposed to go on at like 9 or 10. And he ended up being like 12 the time he got on. But I remember him walking up the steps with his gear and looking over in the corner and noticing these two guys that he delivered pizzas to. He did a show and it was like the worst thing you've ever watched in your life. And if he's listening to this, listen. Sorry, bro. Uh, but I, I, we weren't there for the music. We were there to show him, hey, man, we care. You're more than just a pizza guy to us. We care about your soul. I remember him coming up after he did his shredding and him going, man, this means more to me than anything. I didn't think two preachers would come listen to me play music here. We changed somebody's eternity because we were going to look up in some series and shine the light of the gospel. That's the whole point of this. It goes on to say, because this is where I left off last time, by the way. Zacchaeus stood and said, Lord, behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he is also the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save that is lost. And can somebody scream hallelujah on that one? Because, listen, we were there. We, we were Zacchaeus ripping everybody off. You can say you weren't. I'm a nice guy. Okay, no. We're, we're living our lives like selfishly. He came to save us. You know, what happened was Jesus had nothing but his identity and what people labeled him to be. Because to them, he was just a carpenter. They didn't believe he was the Messiah. So they labeled him a carpenter, and he strolls up in there, has no degree, has no spiritual weight in the culture that he was in, except with a few small group, and he shows up and turns a dinner meeting into a revival moment. And I believe that's what Jesus is teaching us here. He says, don't matter what the world labels you to be, you're not that. You're not just an anything. You are a revivalist. You are an agent of change for somebody's life. You're not just a human resource agent. You're not just a coffee bean worker. You're not just a truck driver. You're not just anything. You are a revivalist where you live, where you work, and where you play. And I hope that as we leave here later on in like six hours that you get this. But we still, we're still bombarded with those labels, right? It's still like, you're st- like man, you're just an alcoholic. How can you share the light of God, of, of Jesus? 
And you're just a drug. You're just what? You're just a whatever. No, I'm not that because Jesus says I'm not. Christ says I'm not those things. And for us to believe this, say, listen, there's just, I'm going to read you this verse that I didn't give them, and I apologize that it's not going to be up here, but you want to look it up later. It's going to be amazing. It's going to change your life because it changed mine. It's Romans chapter 8, verse 11. Okay, and it's this verse that if you really grasp, it'll knock you to your knees because it's amazing. It says, John, Romans 8, 11 says this, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. What you're telling me, the same spirit that conquered the grave lives in me right now? Like, shut up. For real. Like, the same power that conquered the grave lives in me. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. The same power that conquered the grave lives in me and you. And no earthly label, nothing in our lives can hold us back from occupying all streets. Nothing. Because we have that. And that that changed the world 2,000 plus years ago could change, still change the world today. You are a walking revivalist. You're not just, hey, listen, show up to work tomorrow. If you walk in an office building, just sit there and wait on somebody to walk in with a bad mood because you're going to give them some Jesus. Wait for that person on the CB to come over the radio talking about how bad traffic is. Hey, listen, give them some Jesus. We are agents of change. God wants to use nobodies like us to reach anybody outside these walls with somebody who can, who can change their lives forever. Man, I hope they walk up in here today because I'm about to give them some Jesus. See, the book, the, the Bible is not a book of spiritual superstars. All these stories that we look, man, I wish I was like Moses. I wish, hey, listen, they were ordinary people that decided to, to, to obey God and God did, did something in their lives that only we could imagine. And I believe in somebody's life, God's going to use you. You're going to see some big things happen all because you've decided to shine and occupy your street. That's what I believe. I believe whatever road Tammy lives on up here, it's going to blow up with the gospel. She's going to start an old church right up there. Whoever works at the Clinton Utility Board, somebody works over there, listen, there's going to be a church started there tomorrow because somebody's going to walk up in there and shine the light of the gospel. That's what I believe. So I don't care. I don't care that people don't think I'm qualified. God qualified me. I don't care how bad my past is. All I know is Jesus said old things are gone and new things are here, and he's going to use my past. Our lives are kind of like a broken vase. Like, have you ever shattered a vase and tried to glue it back together? Okay, listen, put a light in it and the light shines through the cracks. Hey, listen, it's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. That's what my life is. It's not about what they are saying or we are saying. It's about what Jesus has already said and already done in our lives. And he said, go. Make disciples of all nations. Go. And I believe that if we will open our eyes, we'll be able to see God doing doing some things that we've never dreamed. Just think, a little over two years ago, Peyton Wills opened his eyes. He woke up for the first time, maybe, and seen what God could do in the city of Clinton in that county of Anderson County. He opened his eyes, and here you sit. So I'm wondering, is it okay if I give you two ways that maybe we can start doing some of this life change. Can I do that? Uh, number one, 
I propose you occupy wide awake. See, some, some of us were just walking through life. Hashtag life sucks. Hashtag workflow, gym flow, whatever the case may be. All right? And we're struggling. We're, we're, we're looking down because we're so focused on this. And God's doing something out here in some trees. And he's wanting us to look up for a minute. But we're so focused on this. But if we would just wake up. I believe Jesus was so wide awake as he is walking, just walking through, that he noticed a heart that was broken and in need of help. And he said, I know I'm supposed to be going this way, I'm supposed to be going to this town. Because you can, I mean, Jesus was a busy man. You can't tell me you were more busy than he was. But he stopped what he was doing because he was so wide awake and went to this guy's house and started a revival. Maybe some of us need to walk in our office building tomorrow or work tomorrow or wherever we go tomorrow. And just say this simple prayer, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. So that when I walk into these doors, when I walk into where I'm going, I can see these hearts that are breaking. And I can be a lie to them. I don't care what obstacle comes in my way. I'm going to shine the light of the gospel. There's a, uh, there's a story of a girl. <coughs> well, not a girl, a lady at church I, I went to before I came here. She, she had all kinds of physical things wrong with her I mean her I mean craziness I mean her her husband died a couple weeks ago and she the morning the, the Sunday morning she that he that he died she still went to church that amazed me because if Brittany died I mean I don't know if I'd be here today but she I mean she struggled with stuff her whole life she had some sort of physical mental I mean braces on her legs to help her walk she was in pain all the time and she said something to me that one time that kind of reminded me of this phrase. Um, and she didn't say these exact words, but it was kind of like this idea of, God, you, I mean, Satan, you should have killed me when you had the chance. Because no matter what I'm going through, if I have to go to the hospital room, if I have to go to therapy, I'm going to bring Jesus there with me. She used to write little notes because she, like, she, she loved our youth group there, but didn't, she didn't feel comfortable standing in front of people talking. So she'd write little poems, little stories, little testimonies for me to give to some of these kids because she said, she, would, she believed, hey, listen, I'm going to charge hell. And even in my pain, I'm going to change somebody's life where I am. I mean, I, I think back to when, when I was seven years old, getting back from a, from a baseball game or baseball practice, and I was mad that I didn't get to hit some baseballs that day. Let me tell you, I wasn't really good at this. But where we lived, you could spit out the front door, and so my dad's gonna take me to across the street to hit some baseballs. Right, so I went up to the hill, up on top of the hill, to tell my my um, mom what we were doing. And I came back down, and the drunk driver came around the corner and hit me, and I about uh, I could have died. I had four plus twenty-four screws in my head, and it's I mean, I mean I could have been gone, and I'm sitting here looking now at the devil, going, man, you should have killed me then. Because I'm going to turn this world. I'm not letting you have a chance. I'm going to take every moment I have because I don't want to miss out on what God is doing. I want to occupy my street. I'm going to blow up South Dole Middle School with the gospel. I'm going to blow. I'm going to blow up South Knoxville with the gospel. I'm just wondering, are you going to do anything about these 53,200 people? Are you going to occupy your street where you live, work, and play? Are you going to make a difference? Are you going to wake up? Because God wants to use nobodies like us to reach some anybody's out there with a person who can change their life. 
Number two. We're almost done. You can beat all the Methodists to the restaurant. Okay. <coughs> Number two, I propose we occupy with urgency. Life's short. We don't have tomorrow. We gotta share now. And listen, I'm not talking about you be out here with those, you know, some of those urgent people are weird. Like if you're like, listen, anybody know some weird Christians in here? Sometimes I can be one. Hey, listen. If you go to work and you come back and say, listen, they hate me there. They say I'm weird. And it's all because I'm trying to share the God. No, listen. It's just because you're weird. Okay? Ask Aaron. He'll tell you if you're weird or not. Listen. Jesus was not weird. He walked up in places and people wanted to be with him. What I'm talking about is this urgency of, listen, today matters. Take every moment captive to share the gospel of Jesus. We've got to shine the gospel. Because I'm tired of seeing people I love and I care about dying without the promise that Jesus brings. We all know people who are thinking back, man, listen, they probably weren't. We all have people like that, right? And that just motivates me to say, listen. I hear stories of people I graduate with who are dying of overdose, who are dying of whatever the case may be. And I'm sitting there going, man, I wasted. I mean, I had the opportunity in high school to change their forever, and I didn't. Man, I can't, but I can't worry about that now. But what I can say is, listen, in the future, that's changing. You can't help your past. All I'm asking you to do this morning is to step up and step out and occupy your street. Shine the light of the gospel to the world. And I just want to know who's with me. Are you with me? Now listen, 53,200 people. That's your people. People you're around every day. Let's let it be tomorrow, 53,199. The next day, 198. Let's change this county. Y'all with me? All right. Let's pray. To God, I want to thank you so much for giving us an opportunity to come here and worship with you this morning, God. And God, I just pray over all of our hearts that you break our hearts for what breaks yours. That you break it so that we can wake up and see people. See the hurt and the broken. May we wake up and occupy our streets. May we, even if it's all by ourselves, charge hell with a water pistol because it's that important. And I pray for all of our hearts that you give us the motivation to do that. You give us a, a zeal to wake up in the morning wanting to know what you have for us today because you've invited us to be a part of this big story. And we're, you're just waiting for us to write our chapter. And thank you for giving us that opportunity to do so. I pray for City Lights this morning. First, thanking, thanking for what they've been been for us, as for my family, but also that you would give this church continu- a continual heart to reach people that other people aren't, aren't looking for. May we keep looking in the trees to find the people that are hurt, hurt, hurting and broken. God, I pray all this in your name. Amen.